Good morning. Welcome on this beautiful Easter day. It started out raining this morning, but as we had hoped, it's cleared off now so that it doesn't interrupt our coming and going. Many of us shared earlier this morning at the sunrise service, you would have been so proud of our youth and the youth of First Baptist Church for the beautiful service that they had for us there at Union Cemetery at 645 this morning. And now you're here. We're delighted that you're here. If you are visitors, we want you to know especially how welcome you are. We love having visitors, but especially on a day like Easter, we cherish your visiting with us all the more. And we want you to truly feel that you're at home as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord this morning. My name is Simon. I'm a fisherman. Yes, I was one of his. I denied it. I denied it again and again. Let me tell you how it all started. I was fishing one day on Lake Galilee fished all night and not one fish had been caught in my nets. It was discouraging. You see, I didn't fish for pleasure. I fished because that's how I earned my living. I put bread on my family's table from the fish that I caught in my nets. And that beautiful spring evening I had gone out and dreamed of a net that would be teeming with fish. And we fished all night. And there wasn't a single fish in the net. I was heavy-shouldered that morning as I pulled my boat up on the sand and took my nets and washed them down and hung them up to dry and Wondered what I would say to my family when I came in to say there may not be food today. And suddenly, there he was, walking toward me. He was dressed in the robe of a carpenter. And as he came closer, I looked at his hands and there were calluses there. I looked at his arms and they were muscular. He was a carpenter who worked hard, bronzed. How tall he stood and with what certain step he walked as he came up to where I was standing. And he called me by name. He said, Simon, Take your boat out into the water. I would have laughed if anyone else had said that to me. Take my boat back out into the water. I'd labored all night and I hadn't caught anything. I'd washed the boat and I'd hung up the nets to dry. I would have laughed if anyone else had said, Take your boat back out. You didn't laugh when he spoke. He wore the robe of a carpenter. 
but his voice was so calming, so firm. It was as though he spoke from a place beyond himself. And I quickly did what he said for me to do. I pushed the boat back out into the water and he climbed aboard. And we went off just a few feet offshore and he stood up in the boat as I steadied it. And I looked around and I didn't realize it before, but a large crowd had gathered as he had come. There had been a large crowd of people that fell in at his heels and had followed him to the seashore. And there they stood on the bank of the lake. I looked into their faces while he spoke. There was an old man, his face filled with deep crevices his shoulders rounded from much work and worry. I could see in his troubled eyes that he had lost much in life. But as the young man spoke, suddenly those deep crevices smoothed out. Lights came back into those eyes. Suddenly his shoulders squared. I looked beyond him to an old woman who leaned upon a stick to steady herself. Her body had been racked with pain because of the grimace in her face. But as she listened, suddenly her face lighted up. The stick dropped from her hand and she walked as easily as anyone else. And I looked and there was a little boy sitting over there playing in the sand. But his eyes were riveted upon the young man who was speaking as though he were speaking to him and nobody else. And I wondered, what sort of man is this who in his speaking speaks directly and personally to each one? And then my reverie was broken as he spoke in a quiet voice in my ear, Simon, Lay down your nets. Come, go with me, and we'll fish for people. And I did. This was my livelihood. But it never crossed my mind for a moment, what will you do now to earn a living? I had only one passion, and that was never to leave the side of this man who had brought such light everywhere that he walked. That's how I came to know him. That's when we began taking our journey together. Let me tell you of one particular time when we were walking up and down all of Galilee and Judea, we came to a place where the people had gathered and it looked as though there was going to be a large following. But when they came to see what it was that he wanted them to do, they began to leave. I looked into his face and I saw disappointment. I wanted so badly to stand beside him and put my arm around his shoulder and say, don't be discouraged. But he looked at us, his friends, 
And with a catch in his voice, he said, Are you going to leave me too? No one answered. And then I spoke up. I said, To whom can we go? There's no one else. He said, Who do all these people who follow me think that I really am? Thomas spoke up and he said, I've heard some say that you're Elijah. James said, I've heard others say that you're the prophet Jeremiah. And then there was a muttering of voices from all as each named persons that they had heard the crowd say that he possibly was. Someone said it's John the Baptist. And after each one had answered our Lord, he looked and saw the crowd disappearing in the distance, and he looked back again into our faces, more especially into mine. And he said, Who do you think that I am? I don't know where the answer came from. I don't know how I knew. But suddenly the answer was on my lips. I said, why, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he walked over and put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven he has given you the answer that no one else has. And then he said the strangest thing. He said, you are Cephas, Peter, the rock. And on this rock I will build my church and nothing will break it down. On my shoulders, he would build the church. I never felt so tall in my life. I never felt so important in my entire life as in that moment when he said, on your shoulders I will build my church. And then he said, I'm going to Jerusalem to die. He had just lifted me up to a place where I felt that things were beginning. And now he talks about dying. And I said, no, we won't go to Jerusalem. No, you won't die. And he said, Simon, you are Satan. You don't know how hard it is for me to do the thing that I have to do. You can't imagine the courage it takes. And now you're trying to give me a way out. You're trying to tempt me not to do it. I went through that temptation once. Don't tempt me now. 
and I felt so powerless I didn't know what to say. Then he took me up on the top of a mountain. By the time that we had gotten to where we were going, I was so tired I fell asleep. But when I awoke, I looked and suddenly there was a dazzling light that I had never seen before. Fell all about and so illuminated his face. It was as though a bright beacon had been set on the top of the mountain. And I looked and there was Moses and there was Elijah and they were talking to him. And I drew back in fear and suddenly a voice came out of the clouds and said, This is my beloved son. Listen to what he says. I said, Lord, let's never leave this mountain place. Let's build shelters and stay here. But he turned and faced Jerusalem and he said it's time to go there was a severity in his face I had never seen before a determination in his eyes it was almost as though he had rigorously set himself for a journey that it would muster all of his strength and courage to take and then we set out on the journey it was the time of the Passover when we came to Jerusalem. When we got there, we went to Bethany and stayed in the home of friends of ours. And then on the day of preparation, he said, Peter, I want you to go into Jerusalem and find a place for us to come and eat our Passover meal. And I went and I found it. That evening is a night that I can never forget. We had eaten the Passover meal. It was a joyous occasion, but somehow the joy was diminished. James and John were arguing as to which one was going to sit in the place of honor at Jesus' side, and he pushed them aside. He saw them bickering and imagining and dreaming among themselves of places of grandeur. And right in the middle of the meal, he got up and he walked over to a basin that was there at the side of the room. And he got the basin and he brought it over to where we were kneeling. And he knelt down in front of me. And he filled the basin with water and he took off his robe and he got a towel. And he took my foot tenderly in his hand. Jesus knelt and touched me, 
said, Lord, wash my whole body, not just my feet. And again, he said those words I didn't want to hear. One of you is about to betray me. Each of us asked, is it I? But I knew that it couldn't be me, and I said, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll go and die at your side. And he turned and looked into my face. And with a voice that was choked with emotion, he said, Simon, before this night has passed, you will deny me. You will deny that you even know me. You will deny me three times. And when the rooster crows to tell that dawn has come, you will remember that you denied me. And in my heart I said, Lord, you've never been wrong. But this time you are. And then he leaned over and he said something to Judas. And Judas got up and walked out of the room and I heard the last part of his conversation he said do quickly what has to be done and then he straightened up and we sang a hymn together and he walked out of the room we followed and he crossed over the valley Kidron on to the Mount of Olives. It was time of Passover, and there was a full moon up in the sky. How beautiful that garden looked with the full moon overhead and the soft shadows that fell upon the ground. And we came there into a beautiful garden. And we paused there for a moment, and then he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Come with me. And he turned, and the two of us walked deeply into the woods. Into the woods my master went, clean for spent, for spent. Into the woods my master came, for spent with love and shame. But the olives, they were not blind. me down to a sitting position and he said Peter stay here I need to be alone for a few moments I waited I could hear words coming from his lips that never opened it was a desperate appeal to God whatever it was that he was asking 
I went to sleep. He was struggling with the greatest moment that he had ever faced. He had asked me to come with him, and I slept. And suddenly I found his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Peter, couldn't you wait with me for just one hour? And in his voice I felt such an aloneness as though there was no one who stood at his side. And he said, wait, pray with me. And I went to sleep again. And then suddenly I heard the rustling of leaves. And out of the woods he came. that in the distance there came a horde of men carrying torches and I saw that the one that was leading the group was Judas and he came up to the master and he laid his head upon his shoulder and he kissed his cheek and then he stepped back and those who stood about then took hold of the master. And I reached into my scabbard and I pulled out my fishing knife and I slashed at the head of the one who took hold of him and it grazed his head and his ear fell. And the master turned and said, Peter, Peter, put away your knife. Then he said the strangest thing. If I needed someone to defend me, my father would send legions of angels. But this is a battle I must fight alone. And I stood back and I watched them take him away. After he disappeared in the darkness, I began to follow at a distance. I wanted to walk up there at his side and say, I told you that I would walk with you all the way. But I couldn't do it. I was afraid, and I kept my distance. I only wanted to see where they were going to take him. And they took him down the streets of the city of Jerusalem, down to the house of the high priest next to the temple. And I saw them leading up the stairway that led up into the house. And I stood back in the shadows and over the courtyard, I could see the soldiers carrying their swords and their torches. And a servant girl came up, and she stood there where I was for a moment, and she looked intently in my face, and she said, You're one of them. And I said, No. No, I don't know who he is. And I didn't want to be seen standing alone again, and I walked over to the fire where the others were gathered, 
and I came up close to the fire to warm my hands. And it was then that another little servant girl said to one who stood at her side, I recognize that voice. It's the voice of a Galilean. I've seen him with the prisoner. And I said, no, you're mistaken. You haven't seen me. I don't know who he is. And I edged back away from the fire so that the fire would not illumine my face, so that I would blend in with all the others, but not until someone said, I know that he's one of them. And now I became quite frightened and I shouted out, I cursed words that I hadn't used for a long time. And I said, I don't know the man. I've never seen the man before. Leave me alone. It was then that I heard the rooster crow. Tears flooded my eyes. I looked up. There he stood. He looked me directly in the face. He knew I had betrayed him. And I turned and I fled. I walked the other hours of the night until finally morning came. And I crept back to the place that I had left and this time I saw him coming down that cobblestone path. I was frozen in my place. I looked and here was my master, the one with whom I had stood the evening before, and there was plaited around his head a crown of thorns and blood was pouring down his face and over his shoulder was a heavy cross and he stumbled as those sore feet upon the rocks struggled against the burden on his back and I dropped out of sight. I couldn't bear to look. I was there when they laid him down upon those cross beams and nailed his hands to the pieces that stretched out and his feet to that bar that fell below. His head fell back against the wood brace at the top. I was there when they crucified my Lord. Were you there? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, you
Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? took him down off the cross and laid him in his mother's arms and she held him and she looked down into his face and his body lay limp and they came and they lifted him out of her arms and wrapped him hurriedly in linens I followed and they went into the garden and there in a tomb they placed him, and they rolled a big stone against the entrance. And as dusk fell in the garden, all was quiet. I walked through the garden that night. Sleep wouldn't come. It was the beginning of the Sabbath day, and before dawn came, I was afraid that Others might see me, and they would arrest me too. And so I went back to the upper room, the place where I had been with him last. The other disciples had come there too. We didn't know what else to do. And that long day, we sat there, hardly speaking. We knew that out in that garden, entombed, was the lifeless body of the one that we followed. And it was no more. And the last words that I had spoken were words of denial. The last look that he gave me were, was the look of a person pained, filled with sorrow. And I would never be able to say, I'm sorry. And I would never be able to hear him say to me, you're forgiven. For the rest of my life, I would live in the empty shell of one who knew that at the moment when he was needed most of all, he had failed most of all. I was glad when night came. Out of sheer fatigue, I dropped heavily upon my mat. And this time I slept. The Marys were there in the upper room with us. And they said that when dawn came and the Sabbath was over, they would go and properly prepare his body for burial as they would put away their dearest friend. And so they went. They came to the garden and 
as we waited there for them to come back. Suddenly the door burst open and Mary rushed into the room and she said, we just came back from the garden and the stone has been rolled away and there's nobody there. And someone said, I remember how he said that after three days he would rise again, but I didn't wait to think those words. I wanted to see for myself. And John and I started running to that garden. John ran faster than I. He got there and he stood looking in, but I couldn't stand. I rushed headlong in. I had to see for myself, and I looked, and there the grave clothes were. There was nobody. And I rushed outside, and there was no one to be seen. And Mary tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, I've seen him. We walked together in the garden. And he said, go tell Peter, tell Peter that I'm alive and I'll come to see him. And I knew, I knew that he had risen. Christ the Lord is risen today, hallelujah. Earth and heaven in chorus say, hallelujah. Raise your joys and trials high, hallelujah. Sing ye hymns and earth reply, And now, dear friends, rise and go in peace. And may the risen Christ go with you.